I need a vodka and tonic. If I'm going into the office to do this, I demand a vodka and tonic, please. I demand it. Uh, nice. I am nice. I'm a very nice yeah. person. <laughs> I demand a vodka and tonic, please. All right, let's go. Hi, everybody. It's not been a long wait. We've actually gotten on a proper schedule. We are a proper podcast. Kinsey Schofield and Christo Fufas here. This is the Majesty podcast where we give you all the latest in royalty. And um, I'm pretty proud of us, Christo. Back to back. We deserve a high five. Back to back on top of each other. Uh, DP. <laughs> I mean, this is everything, isn't it? We're on the front. We're on the back. We're on the side. We're missionary. We're doggy. We're absolutely everything. Uh, hello from London. Where are you, Kinsisco? If we remind our audience. That's right. I'm in Los Angeles, California, down the street from Harry and Meghan. You're down the street from the king and queen. I mean, what an yeah, ex... Queen... We... I'm still going to stick with queen consort. I'm sorry. I, I, I think it was a mistake to start calling her Queen Camilla. You know that, don't you? Have I told I... you that before? I don't know if you've blatantly told me that before, but it goes. it's going to go in really nicely with an email we received from Patricia that's featured later in the show. So... Hold, I love this energy about you. Save it. Save it for Patricia's email. Yeah, you love this energy. You like it when I have a bit of a bit of hatred in me, don't you? <laughs> you do. I don't hate sass. Camilla, by the way, but I'll save it for Patricia's email. I love Camilla, but I, I think it was a mistake. But I'll, I haven't read Patricia's email. I saw you just dropped it in. So, so we'll read that a little bit later. So coming up, we're going to talk about um, Steely Kate and how she's tougher than we all think. Uh, Megan and Harry are flopping. Megan and Harry are batting each other from events they want to go to. Megan and Harry's marriage is in trouble. And Megan and Harry are um, finally showing us a picture of Lilibet. And we might mention as well the King's sort of Scottish coronation thing as well. Right. It was, yeah. Did, it was you, did you see that, by the way? I did. I, I did see it. And I thought it was, the tone was so dramatically different. I felt like even the dress, the way that Catherine dressed, um, I'd, in in the way that Catherine and the Princess of Wales and the Prince of Wales were just so heavily centered um, it, throughout the the process, I thought, wow, I I do think that this is the king giving us a wink. He was saying, "This is me acknowledging the future," and I'm and I think it's hopeful. So uh, I thought it was a beautiful. And this is also day. this is also I'm not going to be around for long, right? I don't want to be morbid, but but. I think that that his reign will be much more about uh, William and Kate, or the Prince and Princess of Wales, I should say, to give them their proper title, because, you know, we wouldn't want to upset anyone. Um, I think that it will... I think that, 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 that his reign, their reign, will be much more about almost handing over the baton already, because you'll remember the Queen didn't really take a step back that much, until um, much later on in her reign, but I think yeah. And then even be... think about Prince Philip. Right? Remember when Prince Philip retired, and we—I think we all kind of looked at each other and said, "Wow, he's still working." Yeah, yeah. And and I, whereas I think this will be almost a Fab Four, the new Fab Four, mm -hmm. uh, because I think that that Charles knows that, and Charles, King Charles is in a really difficult position actually because. Uh, imagine anyone, imagine anyone having to take over after Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Yeah, that's going to be incredibly difficult. And what he's doing is saying, 
I think, and this is just my perception of it, I think that that he's almost saying, look, that, that it's going to be so seamless because you're going to see so much of William and Catherine. You're going to see so much of the Prince and Princess of Wales that actually this is going to be, you know, it, it's barely going to be a transition. It will just be the consistency and the stability and the and, and the continuation that monarchy is supposed to stand for. Um, and and I think people will like Charles for that as well because I think that 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 um, Charles has had the reputation, hasn't he, in the past of being a bit possessive over his popularity. And you know, there was also the, I think we spoke about this before the famous uh, Australia trip where people were openly annoyed and pissed off that they had he they were on the side of the street with him instead of yeah. with Diana, which is right. so rude and. But I, I think that he is being a bit more magnanimous now. He's actually got the top job. He's able to say, you know what, I can now be not as involved and I can have William taking a big point and I can have Kate having, you know, all this great publicity because I'm now, I've got the job. I'm in the job now. It doesn't really matter so much. Right. Well, we have a really good story about the Cath- uh, Catherine, the Princess of Wales. Um, in regards to the Oprah Winfrey interview, I know a lot of people are like, oh, why are we still talking about this interview? But the fact is, it was one of the most devastating things to happen to the British royal family since the death of Princess Diana. And, uh, you know, we are finding out new pieces of information about the palace's reaction, thanks to Valentine Lowe's book, Courtiers. This is a reprint of Courtiers. Um, he had teased this on the Today for Daily podcast a few months ago. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it out of him what it was. But now we know that it was Catherine, the Princess of Wales, that kind of put her foot down and said she wanted to include the line, recollections may vary, which at the end of the day, I think is one of the most iconic lines, if not the most iconic line from the palace's response to Harry and Meghan sit down where they accused the British royal family of, uh, you know, being racist against one of the Queen's great-grandchildren. Absolutely. And, of course, you're quite right. Um, new revelations are continuing to come out uh, regarding this Oprah interview. By the way, before we get into more of that, uh, a reminder that, that our next Majesty is actually going to be a special on the most controversial royal interviews of all time. So that's going to be the one that we release next week. But absolutely, um, the uh, you'll remember that when they gave all of these 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 revelations in the Oprah interview, one of which was this alleged racism, which they then backtracked on and said, actually, no, well, we never said it was racism. We said it was unconscious, unconscious bias. bias. Which, bearing in mind, they love releasing a statement. Yeah. They love releasing a statement. They, they conveniently didn't release a statement to say, actually, you know what, all of the world's media going mad, calling the royal family racist, they're actually they're actually wrong because we never meant that. They were quite happy to sort of walk away from the burning building behind them, um, you know, whilst, whilst having doused it with petrol. Um, the royal family, of course, released this statement. Which uh, was um, well. What was the full statement? I'm just, I'm just looking at the way in which what the Queen actually said in the statement. 
Um, I do remember that it says that they were valued, loved, and members. They will remain valued, loved, loved, and members of the royal family. It was oh, a oh, lot. Here we are. I've got it. I've got it. I found go ahead. It. Here we go. It was on Buckingham Palace Royal Communications headed paper, Tuesday, 9th of March, 2021. I actually had to look at my own papers for this because, of course, um, the royal court has come and deliver these to me personally when there's a statement. I don't know if you knew that, <laughs> but they do. Um the whole, the following statement is issued by Buckingham Palace on behalf of Her Majesty the Queen. The whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. Again, I love the understatement in that. You know, they're talking in this interview about you know their lives being ruined, you know, you know, suicidal mental health not being able to leave the house passports being taken off them you know all of this stuff uh some of which uh, uh some people say might have stretched the truth i, mean, I love there's at least how- we've found we counted at the time christo at least 17 c- accusations that we could not back up that we that we found no proof to you had your passport taken from you yet you jump on a on George Clooney's private jet to go to your baby shower in New York that cost him millions of dollars and everybody got free luggage. <laughs> but, you know, he didn't have a passport. She didn't need a passport for that, apparently. Uh, all, all of those uh, sorts of things. You couldn't leave the house, couldn't wear bright colours. Remember that one as well? She had yes. to wear... Very, that was very... In the, no, that was in the Netflix special, but yes. Oh, was it? Was that the Netflix special? I get confused yeah. between the the... The monetized victimhood is is it all blurs into one a little bit. You get confused anyway, by I, the seven hours of whinging from yeah. a mansion with thirteen bathrooms. Now, um, so I love how, firstly, that opening line, the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary. They're taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan and Archie will always be much-loved family members' ends. So that was what was actually written on the headed paper for Royal Communications. And as you alluded to in the introduction, it now appears that this, which will probably go down as one of the best royal statements of all time, even though it's only three lines long, that this statement is particularly the part that says that whilst some recollections may vary, um, Kate was responsible for making sure that that statement, which I don't think was written by her, but it was certainly presented to her as an option, she was absolutely adamant that that statement should go into, that that phrase should go into the statement. Yeah, at one point in time, they considered removing it. And um, Valentine, I can't find the person's ex- person's name now, but Valentine Lowe does, does mention the individual responsible for that line. It was a recently, rel- I, would, I, I think that they had been hired within the last three weeks to work with the Prince and Princess of Wales, who were the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge at the time. Uh, so that recollections may vary line likely sealed their fate within the Wales team. They're probably VIP when it comes to communications for William and Catherine now. No, absolutely. And uh, I, I, uh, I completely agree that that was just absolutely 
wonderful a slam in the dunk. way in which yeah. it really did because because and and you told me something when you were on my show over the weekend which is on talk tv and you can catch a lot of our our exchanges on talk tv they are uploaded to youtube as well um and they get an amazing amount of views when you and i dissect the royal week on on tv but but, but you you told me something about the fact that didn't apparently kate say that it was something to do with history judging the statement. She was worried that basically if the Oprah interview was just out there and they, the royal family presented a statement that was a bit beige and was just like, oh, we're really sorry to hear this. We wish them well, that that, that, that history would judge the Oprah words as truth. And so yeah. it was really important that there was at least a seed of doubt put in there by the royal family so that when generations in the future look back at this moment, that there is another side to present, that there is something that isn't just presented as fact. And I, th- this is a great example. We've heard for many years that the Princess of Wales, it, you know, she's in it for the long haul. She's playing the long game. I, I think we've heard that a million times. Oh, Catherine's playing the long game. And that, I think this could be a really good example of that, knowing that one day she will be queen consort and they need to nip this in the bud now because she doesn't want the chaos, the absolute tornado that is Harry and Meghan, you know, haunting her future haunting her time that she has sacrificed so much for. And if you look back on how Catherine has played this game in general, it's absolute perfection when it came to um, the roller coaster that was their relationship. And I've always said this was Prince William being 120% careful of who he married based on the private, private conversations that he had with Princess Diana, who likely shared way too much with him as a child. Um, I think he was overly considerate when it came to who he married. That's why he had issues with Harry just immediately wanting to marry this American actress that he just started to bring around. Um, And, you know, I think that Catherine has always handled things respectfully when they would take a break, when when um, when Catherine and William would break up. Not once did we hear a peep from her. She was always so respectful of the, the family and so respectful of the privacy that comes with the family. Never complained about her treatment, never complained about the way William was treating her. Never complained, never, never explained. I found the phrase actually. Okay. Um, a source told Valentine Lay that Kate insisted that this phrase remain in the palace's response. It was Kate who clearly made the point. History will judge this statement and unless this phrase or a phrase like it is included, i.e. recollections may vary, Everything that they have said will be taken as true. And she was right. Now, of course, that statement itself, including recollections may vary, would also then have had to have been signed off by the Queen. Now, some people say look, it was the Queen that put that in. I mean, I, I just think it's important we acknowledge that, that Queen Elizabeth also had a role in approving that statement and saying, yeah, absolutely, that should go ahead. Um, you know, I, I don't want us to undermine the Queen's role, of course, who had to put her name to that statement because it was on her behalf um, in, we, in that we, as well. And it just goes to show how united we, the family were. But we should also acknowledge 
that we now know, according to Giles Brandwith, that the queen was perhaps dying at the time. You know, well, at, Prince Philip was. Prince well, Philip yeah, was. Queen. absolutely. The, the queen, so this was 20... 20. When was it? March 21. Was oh, was it March 21? Yeah, so this is March 21. We know Prince Philip was... Um, ill at the time because Harry and Meghan but you know I do think that that yeah within 18 months both of them were dead within 18 months both Prince Philip and the Queen were dead and the Queen certainly whether she was suffering from cancer by that point or not certainly Prince Philip was very ill and certainly within a few months she was suffering with with cancer as well and um, you know needing to deal with all of this Right. And I think that um, Prince William and, and Catherine probably felt a lot of responsibility that maybe necessarily wasn't theirs, but they were trying to protect the elderly. Like they were trying to protect these family members that really were in such a weak state. It's so unfair when you think about it. Well, normal people do try to protect the elderly rather than bash the hell out of them right how terrible their life is and uh, i mean imagine imagine genuinely just thinking yeah it's really inconvenient that prince philip's so ill at like age 100 or something age 99 um but you know crack on oprah set up that camera we're ready yeah we're ready for you or imagine just thinking well that's not my problem or i don't believe that they're just trying to it's my time to shine i mean that's what this sounds like well, it's I mean, truly, because uh, truly, because because we I don't know if you have I've, I've already forgotten what our topics are. Do we have the um, blaming everybody else? We don't. I mean, just to just no, to, I, I, don't, I didn't know whether we did that the last one, but I, I remember just, we saw. No, we um, did. We did that, that on Saturday. We did that on we did that on Sunday. This is the Daily Mail. Just in this just ties the bow in regards to this story around surrounding Catherine. But the, the Daily okay, well, Mail. While you explain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a sip of my vodka and tonic. Okay, so the Daily Mail said over the weekend that sources close to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are blaming bad luck on their professional failures. That bad luck being the the illness of Prince Philip surrounding their Oprah Winfrey interview, the death of the Queen shadowing Meghan Markle's archetype podcast, and COVID-19 being to blame for their lack of creating content, their lack of productivity. Um, This was a source close to Harry and Meghan that spoke to the Daily Mail allegedly. I feel like this is a horrible reflection of the couple. I would would have hoped by now that they would have come out to say that it wasn't true. The fact that they haven't, as somebody that worked in PR for years upon years, is concerning because I think some people that have had their fill of Harry and Meghan already read that and go, well, that tells me exactly who they really are. Um, And if you already love Harry and Meghan and you have your blinders on, you just think that this is another aspect of bullying. But if you were, were torn either way, I think you read that and you say, I'm done with these two. Yeah. Imagine thinking that we've had a run of bad luck. Like the queen is dead. Philip is dead, but the bad luck's on them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, also, I Megan is such a hustler that it surprises me that she wouldn't see that as an opportunity to elevate herself because she is all about 
you know, take, you know, utilizing someone else's success to build herself up. So for her to be like, wow, that was just really a, you know, a tough time that overshadowed my podcast. It surprises me that she wouldn't see that everybody was going to listen to your podcast the week or the week after the queen died to see if you acknowledged the queen. Cause your podcast is supposed to be all about girl bosses and feminism. And this is the, well, we, we, we've, we've, we've definitely spoken about this before. Haven't we, that she did the Vogue with inspirational women and she did the podcast with inspirational women, but no queen decided that the queen shouldn't feature, which oh uh, was nice of, of her. And of course uh, this takes us into, cause they're cited, citing the reason that that statement came out about them having been so unlucky was in order to explain why now Spotify and soon Netflix don't want to touch them with barge poles because clearly they're absolute poison and a drain on money when it comes to anything. And apparently, according to Roy Rolling Stone magazine, apparently they are in their flop era. Um, according to the Rolling Stone magazine, part of the issue the Sussexes are facing is now that they have made their brand about their beef with the royal family and their feud has reached a stalemate so it feels like there isn't much more to say. And of course, we've spoken about this a few times before. Actually, in fairness, if they listen to this podcast, they'll have heard a multitude of brilliant ideas of the role in which they could have had when they left the royal family. If I was Harry, I would have made myself the the absolute go-to person for veterans. I think uh, Megan going down the route of inspirational women was uh, absolutely uh, brilliant in her royal role. But even if they'd chosen to leave the royal family them um, making content that was not based solely on monetizing their misery around the royal family. Like had, I think Harry could have written, uh, authored a really brilliant documentary about spares and about yeah. what became of spares. What, what, you know, but I'm, I'm fascinated by Princess Margaret. I'm fascinated about the ultimate spare, which of course was King George, who became king after having been spare of what happened to andrew and the controversies around him that would but have we, been i think interesting well, documentary that's not where i thought you were going to go with this where i thought you were going to go when you said if you've listened to this podcast you know we have said the royal family will not continue to engage with harry and megan because they do not want to be in spare part two, because they do not want to be included in a podcast. So for Rolling Stone to say your brand has hit a wall because your brand is about to be for the, the royal family, we are like acknowledging, they are acknowledging that the royal family is currently in control because the royal family is not giving Harry and Meghan new access to them because yeah. they don't want to end up in more of their crappy content. And when they do try and do something that isn't about the beef with the royal family, um, and do something, but again, which 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 isn't about the connection, because I think there's a balance. They could have been non-royals, but as I just alluded to, come up with some content that was still interesting and still alluded to their royal roles without actually making it about their beef. Because when they make it just about themselves, as Megan did with her podcast, no one's interested because it's dull. Right. And also, they're not very, they're not very bright. That is. Yeah. Unfortunately, the problem, Meghan was blessed with at least a brain cell more than Harry. I will give her that. And she's self-made and she's ruthless. But ultimately, I don't think she's she's the sharpest tool in the box. 
However, uh, if we're talking about uh, you know brains, Harry is as 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 thick as two short planks. I mean, let's be honest; <laughs> he is absolutely diabolically thick, quite stupid. Um, really, really doesn't have much intelligence at all. Um, I'm surprised he even knows how to dress himself in the morning. So um, that's why he's sort of led by absolutely everyone. And if he didn't have like security or Megan or bodyguards or anyone, he would literally just be a blubbering mess sat in the middle of the pavement somewhere because he, you know, he would probably not even know how to eat or drink um, because he, 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 he's so stupid and cosseted. So, um, you know, and that was that was shown in something that we alluded to last week when he came up with his content ideas. Fine, <laughs> it was like I'm going to go. And let, let, let uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go and speak to Vladimir Putin. Yeah, let's go talk to him. <laughs> I love that you're doing <laughs> the Harry Windsor voice right now from the Windsors. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's go. Yeah, let's go and see him. Uh, I, I know uh, uh, Zelensky. Let's go to Zelensky. Yeah, I think he'll be brilliant. Yeah, let's go talk to him about uh, uh, a childhood. Uh, who else is there? Who else is there? The Pope. Oh, let's do the Pope. Oh, we'd love to speak to the Pope. And it's just, just literally, just really. I mean, that is what you've got. Great. But they won't want to talk to you. And I mean, you Meghan, imagine, Meghan like, Markle did get Mariah Carey. Okay. Let's be honest. She did on one of the most like softball beige interviews. But was she present for the Meghan Markle or did she have someone else do it for her? That's true. That's true. Well, we know that Megan did all the A-listers herself. It was the it was the um, the experts that spent more time in college than Megan spent in the royal family that Megan didn't want to engage with personally, allegedly. Um, and of course, you know, well, that's probably because Megan, her father's money could only stretch so far to pay for her education. Let's not forget <laughs> that. Uh, bled the poor man dry. Oh, mind you, we, we did learn this week that Lilibet looks exactly like thomas markle she does she is Tom thomas markle's little clone i think she's a beautiful little girl those pictures did make me smile of of harry with his arm wrapped around her at the fourth of july celebrations um in montecito one year they sponsored that a fourth of july parade in the montecito area i'm not sure if they if archwell sponsored it this time around but tmz was actually quite savage with their headline Prince Harry celebrates Revolutionary War in Montecito was the headline they had next to the pictures That's of Harry brilliant. and Lilibet. <laughs> that is brilliant. Archwell, July 4th. I mean, do you think that they took it as a branding opportunity? I don't know if they were doing that or just trying to ingratiate themselves with the neighborhood the first year they were there. Um, but it they had sponsored something to do with the, a neighborhood parade. Well, I mean, let's be honest, that's where they're heading. I mean, they will be literally advertising Cheerios soon. They will be advertising. I mean, you know, let's be honest, Megan's going to be advertising feminine hygiene products soon. Well, we're seeing She's quite a bit. I've said it for a while that I felt like she was trying to brand herself independently. But now um, sources close to Megan have told Closer Magazine that William Morris Endeavor set Megan down and said that the Sussex brand as a Harry and Megan combo is toxic and she's more likely to find success if she pursues business outside of Harry, away from Harry as this independent individual. So I'm curious to see what happens there because I think that the Harry and Meghan brand in general are toxic right now. I don't know if people are going to be as forgiving if they see them working separately. Well, that's why I honestly think if I was advising 
Megan, it would be all about feminine hygiene. Oh my gosh, Christo, you are crazy. I think that that is the route she needs to go down now. Feminine hygiene products. Well, hopefully she that, would that... say that it, they were for women and not menstruating people. Like I'm seeing headlining the Daily Mail today all over the place. This August brand for menstruating people. <laughs> yeah, menstruating people. No, she would use people. She would definitely, definitely. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, use that. But I'm thinking hygiene washes, intimate wipes, all of those sorts of things. I am dying. You are so bad. I really think that Megan Moisture is a brand <laughs> waiting to happen. I really Megan's think... Moisture? Is oh, my God, you... I've got it. Archie Wipes. I hate you. <laughs> Archie Wipes. Not archetypes. Archie Wipes for those intimate areas. Oh, my God. I mean, this is a brand waiting to happen, don't you think? I've, I'm impressed. Somebody should give you a million dollars. You are very quick-witted. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I think that, that, that this would be beautiful. You know, make sure your your make sure your 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 intimate and clean and refreshed before you decide to have Sussex. Oh my gosh! I'm out. I'm even. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> What can we do for Harry, though? Is Lindsay Schofield has Harry? left the chat. Is, is it... <laughs> was there a line? Did I go over the line? Did I? <laughs> is it the it one? Was, it was Sussex for sure. Um, what could we do for Harry? It's I... hair loss. It's got to be hair loss, don't you think? Well, when I did, I'm I haven't said told anybody this before, but I was approached when we did not think Harry was going to be at the coronation. I was approached by a laser hair removal at home product to do a month of lead up to the coronation about my hairyless coronation. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to pass. This oh my young. God. That is true. You could hairy with Harry. <laughs> hairy with Harry. Oh my God. That is absolutely another brand. This is their future. It's hygiene and hair products. Oh my gosh. That is, what? that is the future for them. And I would, if I were their agents, I would be advising them. Well, on... Lady Colin Campbell says their future is apart. She says their future is headed towards a breakup. What are your thoughts on, on such a um, dramatic statement? I absolutely um, love Lady Colin Campbell. Uh, this is OK Magazine quoting her as saying, that there have been problems in the marriage supposedly for some time um, and uh, apparently claiming Prince Harry called in the lawyers some months ago. Uh, this is after uh, Paul Burrell predicted that Meghan and Harry's marriage is going to end in divorce. Uh, we all know it will happen and that he will lose his children, Prince Archie and Princess Lilibet. I mean... I don't know. Uh, everyone said this, but I do believe when you watch them on TV, when you watch them in, in, in various interviews and stuff, they do seem to be in love. Mm, I agree. I think that they're I, crazy I don't know. Do you, what, what, what do you think? I don't know if I fully believe it. I don't know if they'll stay together forever because I don't know, to be fair to them, how you can take this kind of 
scrutiny and judgment from the world and it not affect your your marriage? How do you not become resentful, feeling like the person you married led to all of this negative attention? Um, so I, I do feel like uh, I feel is sympathy it, for them in that way, because I do wonder how much it affects their relationship, all of the negative attention they receive. But here in Los Angeles, we have heard stories that that there were issues, but I also think that there are issues in every relationship. Well, is it that, are we missing a trick in as much as, the, the, you know, when you're bound together by a common cause, and that being gripes with the royal family and monetizing that, <sighs> when that cause is no longer there, then what else do you have left in common? Like, what do they have in common other than their their children. combined? Well, their children. Hopefully well, yeah. I, suppose. I think that that Harry has said that the the destruction of his parents' marriage has traumatized him. I think it's traumatized him in the same way it traumatized Princess Diana, who was dead set on not getting a divorce because of the divorce she lived through with her parents. I don't know how much of Harry's family separation led to his destructive behavior. Although you can probably tell me because you read spare front to back upside down and inside out. Um, but I do think that he probably looks down on divorce because of what he experienced through his parents. No, you're right. And, 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 but, but the spare is much more actually about the death of his mother rather than the divorce. But the difference of course is if he's following his mother's example, Again, we'll allude to this in the next episode, but she did an interview. An interview. Diana didn't professionally monetize her victimhood. Don't decide that that's it, I'm going to leave the royal family. Because even in the Panorama interview, although she's alluded, she alluded to Charles not wanting to be, her not thinking Charles was suitable enough to be king, uh, she was absolutely adamant that her role was to secure William being king. So she was smart enough to know that, that that she probably had one shot to do an interview and to fire the cannon, but that she, she knew that it would damage the brand to continually ship away at it, which, of course, Harry has done absolutely continually. Right. No, absolutely. No. It's... So, 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 so he, he's not the same. It's not the same. And he is. But what I will say from from reading spare cover to cover and you're quite right to remind me of that let me just have another sip of my vodka because <laughs> i need it whenever i look to it is it he is absolutely unhinged barking mad i mean completely and utterly barking mad like everything is against him i'm surprised mm. he's able to leave the house without paranoid that people are out to get him paranoid delusional but then of course that is the that is the 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 uh, trade box of someone who has probably done too many drugs. True, but also I, yeah. I, I Robert, um, Lacey, not yeah, Robert Lacey has previously re referred to Diana as paranoid too. I do believe he has said that Harry had inherited some of his paranoid tendencies from his mother. Um, well, I mean, that's certainly true. Maybe that's the road that they could go down. You know, aren't, aren't hallucinogens and weed and everything, aren't they all legal in, 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 in California? 
some of them are, but I mean, not, not the I mean, stuff this he is was really talking Harry's, about. Harry's hallucinogens. Oh my gosh. Markle mushrooms. Windsor weed. Sussex skunk. Windsor weed. I mean, there is so many here that we could do. It's so many that we could do. Um, you know, they could, they could, they could, they could sell Montesides for the uh, for, for for marijuana plants. Markle marijuana. This is, this is an entire brand had well, waited that, to happen. Uh, that uh, is something. I'm trying to be careful of how I say this. That is definitely some something that they discuss on on the internet about <laughs> Megan's mother. I mean Thomas has said that though. Thomas said that and so is and so is Sam. Sam has said that she'd she would come home from school and Megan's mom would be in in the on the patio on the or in the front yard smoking a blunt like while oh, Sam, Sam was coming home from is, school. If that is the case for Megan because now she comes home from from you know yet another uh, 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 from a podcast that no one listens to to find her husband on the patio smoking skunk because he openly talks about that in spare. You know, that Probably, he goes out to back on I, am, I can't imagine that he's not playing some sort of um, Minecraft or something ad- additionally in all, in, in all of this. I, 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 I feel like he's probably advanced. a gamer. I think that's a bit too advanced for him, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, he's, he's probably just got past Fisher-Price. Well, I did talk to an astrologer last week or the week before, and she said that it's not Megan that's lazy, it's Harry that's lazy. And I thought that's a pretty good observation. And Mm -hmm. she also said when they finally do break up, allegedly, 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 when they finally do break up, she thinks that there could be a third party involved. Oh, I know. I wonder who that could be. I don't know. I mean, because she doesn't see the breakup happening for like the next five to 10 years. She thinks the breakup will happen around the same time that William ascends to the throne. And that way, Harry can slide right back into the fold. Slide back into William's DMs. That's right. Yeah. I wonder who the third party would be. Marijuana. Mushrooms. That's probably (laughs) the third party. That is. That's who (laughs) Harry's married. Harry married a mushroom. (laughs) <laughs> that's what he's married to. Anyway, should we do the emails before we yeah, let's, before we let's do that. Sarah's uh, okay, is just um, a really sweet, sweet hello, but Patricia, Patricia <laughs> might might um require a response, a reaction. Okay, do you want me to read it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Your alliance, dear Kinsey and Krista, your alliance is wonderful and uplifting. Thank you for your collaboration. Kinsey, this communication is for you. I just discovered you and I listened to one of your To Die For podcasts and wanted to approach you with a long-seated and not discussed element of Camilla's history. I might mention, I must mention first, I'm 73 years old and I followed the journey of Diana being brought into the family and the sadness she endured. Uh, My family used to say about her that she was more aristocratic and royal than the royal family. Mm, What I don't hear any talk of is how, as a young girl of 19, she was betrothed to a man of 33, uh, question mark, and like a lamb being led to the slaughter was compromised. Meanwhile, Camilla, who had accepted being separated from her affair with Charles, goes off and marries another man. Fine. Charles contacts her, etc. It begins anew. 
What I can't accept is that she, Camilla, feigned friendship for that young girl at the beginning of her marriage in order to keep the game rolling. She wrote to a lonely and confused and inexperienced girl and offered her friendship. Had there been an apology or sorrow for how that affected Diana in terrible ways and her children, as a result, I think I could rest better with the two of them. Charles and Camilla walking off into the sunset, but I can't. I just consider their joint coronation as an abomination. Camilla seemed so hungry for that crown. Kinsey, that was for you. What do you say to that? I'm uh, I'm super careful with how we discuss the Queen Consort today because I do think that there are different rules today than there were ten years ago, and we're and and what the rules will be ten to twenty years ago. I guess I feel like we have to give them a fresh start and to see what they accomplish as the King and Queen Consort. I mean, and- I I love your level of respect being offered to someone who Charles wanted to be her tampon. I mean, if we're on the subject of of feminine hygiene, let's not forget that. Um, I'm deceased. (laughs) Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, I I am inclined to agree, though. I mean, I've argued this on on many shows. I love Diana, and for a long time I I couldn't stand Camilla. But I feel like she's put the work in now, and I feel like she's got her head down. She became a working member of the royal family. She took a long time to be accepted. She didn't do any tell-all interviews. She could have made a fortune as being the other woman in Charles's life. She never did. She actually always remained loyal to him. She made mistakes with Diana. She was a bit of a... When it came to Diana, let's be honest. But she was much younger then. And ultimately, I try and frame it as a love story between her and Charles rather than a hate story between her and Diana. No, that's a really good point. I agree with what Patricia says. I mean, every every ounce from, you know, Diana being set up with this older male and how she had no protection around her, um, how Camilla tried to befriend her, that you know, that seems nefarious. Um, but I do think that the Queen Consort has put in a lot of work. She has, you know, from all from everybody that I know that knows her, they say she's kind, she's great fun, she's high energy, she's just a blast to be around. And on top of that, they say she keeps the king sane. And so I, you know, I'm like you, I do believe that they were soulmates. I wish that Diana had not been run over in the process. But I think it's clear as That's day that Charles was meant bad to be choice of words when you consider how Diana. Oh, but, but anyway, do go on. <laughs> oh my God. So much to edit in this podcast. You can keep that in. You can keep that in. No one would mind. All right, You're well, not going to take that um, feminine hygiene, are you? Oh, no, that's going to stay in here. Um, all right. Well, really quickly, we'll say hi to Sarah, who messages, messages us on Sunday mornings after she watches us. Um, she thinks we should be on oh, TV on, together longer. And she sent me the cutest pictures of her dogs, Dolly and Ronnie. Uh, so that's who's watching us on Sunday mornings, Christo. Hi to Sarah. We appreciate you. Yeah, we love Sarah. She, she tweets us quite a lot on a Sunday morning, actually, uh, from the Dolly and Ronnie account. So that's really <laughs> nice to hear from her. But hello. Yeah, she's got an account for Dolly and Ronnie. <laughs> <The two dogs. laughs> so funny. So <laughs> thank you. 
to Sarah. Lots of love to you. As always, apologies to Ingosi Fanani. <laughs> don't forget those because it's going to come back to haunt us at some point. <laughs> so, I'm Kinsey Schofield, live from LA. I'm Christo, live from London. See you next time. <laughs>